welcome to the Down Under Diaries, a podcast for the keen traveller or mover. Joined by me, Rosa, a teeny tiny Brit living here in Melbourne. Together on this podcast, we will chat about what life is like abroad, past challenges I faced and how you can overcome them, but also present struggles I'm currently dealing with and what we can do together to feel safe and excited about our journeys ahead. Like a diary, opportunities and difficulties unfold for me on a daily basis. So join me in figuring them out. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to episode one, if you have. And I want to ask you, before we even begin, was it a yes? Was it a yes? Did you say yes? This sounds like an engagement. (laughs) Did you say yes? Did you say yes? If you did, and you are deciding to fly to Australia and move here, congratulations! I'm so excited for you. You have no idea. This is going to be the best decision of your life, and I'm not overstating that. You will have a belter of a time. And we're going to start from that moment. So you've just decided you're going to fly, you're going to move, and we're going to take you from this day to the day that you land on Australian soil or any country that you have decided to move to. What we are going to focus on today is the tips and tricks that I learned the second time flying out that made the entire journey smooth sailing, less stressful, how to deal with challenges when they arise, especially within those moments. Look, you know this, and I'm sure you've had an experience of how fucking stressful flying can be. Cancellations, packing, the weight, the visas, getting into the country, getting out of the UK or wherever you've come from. It is stressful. Saying goodbye to family. It's all things that we have to do and it's so overwhelming. So I want to be there for you right now and I'm going to take you through how to pack and fly like a boss. Sorry, like a boss. Strap in. You know where the emergency exits are. There's going to be a little bit of turbulence. So sit yourself down. Let's do this. Okay, so advice tip number one is I'm going to take you from kind of start to finish of how you're planning. So we're going to start with the planning part before we book the flights, before we even get on a plane the beforehand. This is just after you've said yes, right? It's the overwhelming moment where you don't know what to do next. And that is plan your trip. It's exciting. You get to look at different places around Australia where you might like to live for a while or travel as your starting point. I encourage you to take your time doing that research. Now, (laughs) if you are my previous manager, uh, please skip over this section because you do not need to hear about this. But I would say... The reason why my second trip over to Australia was so much easier and less stressful was because I slacked off my job. Uh, For context, I used to work as a hotel receptionist in my university town. And for eight hours a day, five days a week, I used to just slack off my fucking job. I hated it. I hated it with a passion. I couldn't be bothered. Except for, I don't know, hoovering, which I kind of enjoy. I did nothing other than check a few people in. So I had to utilise that time I was sat on my bum and I researched Australia. I went into depth 
I had a whole little spreadsheet of all the different things that I've been researching. So I almost ticked off one thing each day or a little bit each day whilst I was on shift. It helped me stay positive from the mental aspect, but it also helped me, uh, it helped keep me moving forwards towards actually quitting my job and then going off to Australia. So I guess for you, what you want to do is start from the beginning, the most important part first, and then start ticking off each one. So this is what I did from start to finish in terms of planning. Visa. Look at the different options of visas, the price, the rules and regulations, the expiry date and how long that visa would make you valid for, and your options going forward from that visa. That was very important for me because I wanted to see my options after doing a year or two years on one particular visa. For reference, I started with their working holiday visa. Number one, 12 months, you get to stay here for 12 months, but at the moment, although I'm sure it's changing soon, so when you're listening to this, it might have changed, which I encourage you to have a look at the rules. Currently, it it requires you to do some hospitality farm work in a regional area. But again, less relevant I just want you to really have a look at different visa options and how you could stay here when you've got that then you can have a look at other things just to make sure that you are certain on moving abroad so I went into detail with looking at places within Melbourne that I might quite like to live the average prices of apartments as well had a look at that had a look at average food shop prices every single week and gave myself a wonderful surprise to see that food shopping here in Australia is so much cheaper. It really is. And same with fuel. So if you plan to stay here longer term and you want to hire out a car or buy a car temporarily or permanently, there are, the fuel here is amazing. It's not, it's not nearly as expensive right now as I'm doing this, obviously. So think about... Airbnbs, hostels, look at the reviews of these places to make sure that you're happy to book them if you want to move. Look at places that you might want to work as options if you're coming out here without a job yet. We'll go into more detail of that in a later episode, but have an idea of basically how to mirror the current life that you're living and how to mirror that into Australian living. So just look at each aspect of how you survive on a daily basis, which is the easiest way for me to do that. However, obviously, with that being said, be careful if you decide to slack off your job. Um, If you do, don't quote this podcast. I don't want any involvement with this. If you get fired, well, I guess it's kind of a good thing because it means that you are moving abroad. So it really doesn't matter. But also you kind of need the money. So maybe just keep me out of this. And if you get fired, I'm so sorry. Just don't quote this podcast. I have no involvement with this. Okay, so next point is obviously booking the flights. Now, I would suggest booking them after you've got your visa granted so you don't get yourself in a predicament where your visa is delayed in being granted but you've already booked flights and then it's hard to refund. So just plan each step carefully. The actual application process for visas is very simple, especially if you're wanting to come over on the working holiday visa uh, year one. It's super easy on the website to apply for. You don't need many things other than identification, uh, proof that you've got enough funds to support yourself whilst you're here, and passports, family details, 
other few things, but the application process is nice and quick. It's easy. And for reference, my visa took a week and a half to be granted and then it was all good to go. Don't say that that is the maximum or minimum time. It can vary depending on how good your visa application was and how good quality. So just be careful when you're applying. Just check over details and make sure nothing is wrong. And then then you can book your flights. Now, I'm coming at this with a very specific piece of advice. And that is just be careful with the one, the timing of flights and the layovers. So story time. The second time I fly out to Australia, this time a year ago, very exciting, booked any old flight. I didn't look at fucking nothing. I looked at the fact that I had a half hour layover between uh, so Heathrow to Singapore, Singapore to Melbourne, Tullamarine. And I saw that as very advantageous. 30 minutes. Don't have to hang about in the airport. Just go from here to here, done and dusted great. Nope, that was the fucking worst idea of my life. Flew out of Heathrow, on time, no problems. Eight, nine hours, all good. However, I landed 15 minutes late, which meant, if you do the maths, I had 15 minutes to make it to my next flight. And the terminal was the wrong terminal. So I had to go on this lift, on this train. Then I had to run And I think it's Singapore Airport, but it was a long fucking run. (laughs) At 3 a.m., by the way, at 3 a.m., I had 15 minutes to board my flight. Less than that. I wasn't the only one. There was a horde of us that were just sprinting. We were sweating, internally crying. So I would just suggest look at the layover times. Maybe give yourself um, flexibility on layover. So if it's like two, three hours, maybe that's more advantageous than being 30 minutes or even 15 minutes. If it's a overnight one, usually the longer total flight durations will be overall cheaper because you're having to spend more time at each layover point. So cannot remember the total price of my flight, but I'm pretty sure it was no more than 600, 700 pounds, which was quite good. I flew at an off-peak time. I would also suggest to be incognito when you book your flights or when you at least research them. So if you've never heard of incognito, you're living under a rock, sorry. You can just add a new tab onto your web browser and just make sure that that tab is incognito. I'm pretty sure on most places you can just like press a plus sign and then just put new incognito window, something like that. And it will make sure that your prices don't um, increase every time you look up specific flights. I think that's how it works. Don't quote me, but it will just save you potentially a little bit of money so you don't keep researching flights. I guess the next thing related to flights is the weight limit and packing in general. And I know every... I don't know whether it's like girls specifically, but we will say in our heads, now I need to pick minimal. I need to pick my clothes carefully. I will do a nice wardrobe cleanse. I won't take more than I need. We end up taking absolutely everything with us because we think in our heads, oh, no, I'll wear that. I'll wear that. Do you ever? Will you actually? Be honest with yourself. Will you actually wear that? No. 
There are so many nice clothes shops here in Australia. Don't waste your time. Pack minimal. Just take bare minimum stuff. I know it's harder because if you are going to be here more longer term slash semi-permanently, taking minimal stuff can actually be sometimes a little bit harder. I know it was for me because I ended up getting to the airport being very over the weight limit by one whole suitcase. So I had to pay an extra 150 quid for the extra weight that I had, which was hard to avoid because it was all necessary items with me that just couldn't fit in the first one. I would suggest vacuum packing everything. And if you don't know what I mean, again, you've been living under a rock, darling. Vacuum packing your clothes will save so much space and it's really fun to do. You can section off tops, jumpers, everything into different bags. Then you just suck the air out of it and it will save on space. And it will also maybe potentially save on weight, but I don't really know. I really did roll up everything that I could fit into those bags and it worked out very much beneficial. So vacuum pack it. So yes, if you can, maybe buy yourself one of those weighing scales or the handheld weighing scales so you can keep track of how much is in each suitcase and potentially calculate how much you might be over. I know, I think you can pre-plan. You can pre-plan a weight and pay in advance and it will end up being cheaper. I didn't do that and I probably should have done that. So be careful with your packing. Take minimal. Buy when you get out here. Okay, next is the day of the flight and when you actually go to fly. Obviously, check hand luggage and stuff like that to make sure you've got everything in compartments where you know where it is. I forgot my teddy bear when I got in the taxi and I was really upset. That's such a thing to say. But if you know, you know. We love teddy bears. We will have one particular one that has grown up with us or maybe we've bought it through a sentimental time. And if we don't have it, we honestly feel like we have left a child at home. My family had to post my teddy bear out to me and I was very happy that day when I received it in the post. But be careful, make sure you've packed everything, obviously, and have everything in compartments where you know where it is. Hand luggage-wise, obviously you have limits on how much liquid you can take in the hand luggage. I think it's like 100 mil for international flights and it can only you can only have a certain amount that will fit in one of those plastic bags. Keep that in mind as well. I, however, wanted to make, and this will change, your flight. I'm so excited to say this. Make your first flight, second flight, whatever, into a mini spa session. So, here we go. I took a face mask with me. I took moisturiser. I took face wipes. I took a mini toothbrush with some toothpaste. I took some bed socks, eye mask, earplugs. Do not forget those. It turned into a wonderful experience. I actually had two seats free next to me as well, which was very nice. But buy a neck pillow. Consider your comfort on eight-hour flights. They fucking suck sometimes if you don't have the right stuff with you. I very much enjoyed it. I had a lovely half hour. I think I left my face mask on for like two hours and brushed my teeth. I landed feeling very fresh and then I had to run. But I felt very fresh nonetheless. 
in all seriousness, have things with you in your hand luggage that you wouldn't trust being in your checked in bags, your suitcases, have stuff with you that you are very much more comfortable to take on board and make it an enjoyable flight for you. Have maybe movies to plan out on what you want to watch. Maybe take your journal if you want to journal on board or read a really good book. Think about how you want to spend the eight, nine hours. It's a long time. And if you can make it the most comfortable journey with extra things that you can do whilst you're on board, then you're good to go and it's going to be super comfortable for you. And lastly, and this was my life-saving thing, was taking medication in my hand luggage as well. So paracetamol, ibuprofen, you never know when you're going to get a headache. You never know when you're going to start feeling sick. If you get motion sickness, having all of that on hand so you know that if you get yourself in a predicament whilst you're on board, having the eye masks, earplugs, medication to help you fall asleep is going to be so much nicer for you. I would also suggest things like anti-anxiety medication if you get scared of flying. But I love it. Turbulence is actually really fun. You're like, wee Anyway. The last thing that I will say is related to maybe the first two days, three days of landing into this city that you've decided to start your journey in. But it also comes back to flight details and where you decide to fly into. The reason I say this is because be prepared for jet lag. You may arrive into the country and feel absolutely fine and you might just start your journey from the get-go. I struggled a little bit at the start but it didn't last for too long. However, I know that I probably would have suffered a lot if I had decided to start my journey higher up the east coast in Queensland, Brisbane, Cairns, Darwin area. I may have struggled even more because of the temperature differences. So for reference, South Australia, Melbourne, Sydney, usually on average get slightly cooler temperatures and it's a lot less humid compared to Brisbane, Cairns and Darwin where it's during the summer hotter months can be hot and humid. That can make your jet lag feel like fucking shit because if you're trying to sleep and you're too hot, you ha- you're not used to the high temperatures, you're not acclimatized and suddenly you are trying to one, get over time zone, but also the huge change in temperature. Think about the location you are flying to, have an idea about the average temperatures and what you could be preparing yourself for and just make sure that your hostel has really good aircon or Airbnb has good cooling facilities. Otherwise, you're good to go. You're fine. So this is why I'm saying plan and prepare ahead of time. Don't forget what you're doing is a really important part of your life. You're making a big change. So take your time, prioritize seeing friends and family, share the good news, share questions and problems that you face along this preparation phase with them so they can help you out and support you through this. You are never alone and make sure that you have all the necessary steps in place so you enjoy your flight over to a new country. You enjoy those first few days stepping foot onto Aussie land. I'm so excited for you. I'll see you next week.